0: Hello, Mr. Craig. Hello, Mr. Jason. Hello, 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 Mr. Jason. Hello, 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 hello.
1: So TJ, you know what we're gonna do? What's that? We're gonna do little uh, insurance dudes here on you. How about that? Uh, I don't know about that. Why not? You're a dude. I am a dude. That's true. Are you a dude? And an insurance dude.
2: Oh, yeah, I, I am an insurance dude. I that is correct. I technically qualify.
1: You've you met the teacher. Teacher. Buckle up, it's the insurance dudes podcast.
2: Is this can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> is this your guys' normal intro to each other? Yeah,
1: Pretty much. Yeah, nice. I injured my back a bit doing that. It was oh, a special okay. one. <laughs> nice.
0: What's up,
1: TJ? So, what's going what's on, up? guys?
0: How's White? Awesome. The best. Chaka of Bra. Yeah. Chaka bra. So TJ, am...
1: you know what we're gonna do? What's up? We're that? gonna do a little uh, insurance dudes here on you. How about that? Uh, I don't know about that. Why not? You're a dude. I am a dude. That's true. Are you a dude? And an insurance dude. Are you I am an insurance dude. dude. I, that
2: is correct. I technically qualify.
1: You've met you the criteria. <laughs> how long have you been an insurance dude? Uh, I've been an insurance dude.
2: How long you guys been around? Uh, like A on year. earth? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I've been an agent since 2014. Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: Jason, what? He, just, he, he just teed one up for you. How long have you guys been around? And then yeah. you were supposed to say, well, I haven't been around that long, but Craig has been around since the dinosaurs. There oh, you go. That's what I was looking it.
2: for.
1: Oh, I'm off my game. Unreal. Craig takes a vacation. I, I lose my my touch. You were camping or something, though. Maybe that's it. I did camp. I did camp. Nice. Yeah. So since 2014, did you buy an agency or did you uh, start a scratch?
2: I bought an agency in Arizona, actually. Um, I bought an agency in Scottsdale oh, in 2014. Cool. Yeah. It's funny. I didn't uh, know Craig when I, was, when I was in Arizona, but uh, here we are now. But uh, yeah, so I, I had an agency for a couple of years in Arizona. And then, and then uh, I came back to California to take over my parents' agencies. No so way. Both, so- both my parents are agents out here.
1: That's so cool. And how long were, how long have they been agents?
2: 30, 40 years.
1: Have long you time. always thought about being an agent since you were young? I, I always thought about never being an agent. So,
0: <laughs> But then you I, learned it was the most rewarding and best, most fun job ever.
1: Well, I mean, kind of, yeah. That's no, kinda take true. us through that yeah. journey. So, so yeah. what were you off, what were you going to do? I wanted to be a rock star. That obviously <laughs> didn't pan out. Yeah. Um,
2: I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I got into, it's funny, my parents were in insurance for um, 30, 40 years. I always said it was stupid, and I never wanted to do it. And it was horrible. Right. And then my buddy <laughs> says, I got a job as an adjuster. And you should come do it with me. And I said, so of course, my buddy, I listen to him. So I right. did it. <laughs> so yeah, so I was an adjuster for nine years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so- I did home adjusting. And then I did cat adjusting. So I traveled the whole country, saw some crazy, crazy stuff, and then found the right girl and said, I got to settle down. And that's when all of a sudden my parents talk about being an agent started to, I started to listen.
1: Nice. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. That was, uh, that was one of my motivations too, was once I got married kids, Mm -hmm. it's like, Hmm, that sound that boring job sounds pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was on the road three weeks a month, so that, uh, oh, that doesn't brilliant. really work with,
1: with having a real life trying to settle down. So, yeah. Did, did, and did that help you become an agent? What perspective did you bring from that experience that helped you as an agent?
2: Oh, I mean, it, it helps me a ton to really understand that side of the business. It's funny. Mm-hmm. I wish I understood being an agent when I was an adjuster. So now I look back mm-hmm. at how I was an adjuster. I was like, man, I wish I understood what those guys go through, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, denying claims and you know, knowing you guys are gonna get an angry call and like not really weren't you know, just didn't even I didn't even understand your side of the business. Like this is just what we do. We deny claims when it should be denied. <laughs> you say so, no. Yeah. That's so just do. that's that's what we're taught to do. So I mean if it should be denied, you know. Right. Um so uh yeah, it was it was an interesting interesting gig seeing, I mean the types of damage I've seen. I did murder claims. Um, you'd be surprised how expensive those are, but, uh, houses, I think I did uh, Sandy. Yeah. I saw the, I didn't do it, but I think I did the next door one to the one that was on the cover of time magazine. Cause like half the house was standing and half wasn't. So I oh, did that. Wow. I did a claim for one of those and actually multiple of those. It's pretty crazy.
1: Crazy. So with that, like what, with those experiences, what takeaways would you have that maybe an agent wouldn't have in those circumstances? I mean, those
2: are a little different just because they're so intense and so much going on. And it's, you know, it's crazy, but like the normal claims, I think the key is just staying in touch with the customer. Like we, I don't know what's changed. It's been a while, but um, the amount of work we have, we can't really stay in touch with them as much as you would want. And, and a lot of times, you know, we speak claims adjuster talk, right? So this is our CV and this, you know, you try your best, but you're not going to do a great job. So as an agent to actually break it down for the customer and say, I know this is what they're telling you, but let me tell you in real world, this is what it means. Mm -hmm. This is why that would be super
1: helpful. Yeah. And that's interesting because a lot of times, you know, you hear from agents all the time that, oh, the claims adjusters, like it's almost like they're just so beat up by the agents, you know you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and they get so poo-pooed on because of the way it was treated. But to your point, yeah, I mean, that from that, with that much going on, that's got to be tough. And that really is our role, right? Our role is to be the face of that and to kind mm-hmm. of – uh, comfort. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as an adjuster,
2: it's all about, you know, reading that policy and finding the tiny little things about this and that. And is there a windstorm opening or did the opening because of this? And like, you know, it, it's just so complicated. And so as an agent, you got to be able to break that down for people. Mm. So, yeah. 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 Luckily I didn't I get it. beat up too much from agents though. I, so I can, I'm happy about that. That wasn't too bad. What I about a lot clients? Yeah, Some clients. Oh, yeah, is is bad. It was bad. Yeah. One, I, I never had anything too terrible. But I was threatened once where it was like scary. I had kind of had to run away. But uh, and then there's ones where I was in um, Newark, New Jersey. And I was sent into a building that was clearly um, occupied by homeless people. And it was pitch black in the daytime. Ooh. That was scary. That was scary oh and they kind of it was i actually left and told them i wouldn't do it and then they said well just get a flashlight go at noon you'll be fine <laughs> and uh i don't know i just did it but i i hope times have changed since then they wouldn't make people do that anymore that was like really scary now they got robots but who would do it yeah <laughs> do they have robots well they should have they should have just provided like a security guard for me or something probably would have been the smart thing to do
0: <laughs> right but, claim bot
2: yeah yeah yeah, but claims, claims was fun and I feel like it's kind of helped me a lot to understand what we sell, you know, and to understand yeah. the policy and why, you know, when I hear denials, I think I'm probably one of the nicest guys when we get denials and customers complain and I have to call the adjuster and ask what's going on. I already know what they're dealing with and I'm just like, just clarify it for me so I can break it down for them. Like I'm not sitting there yelling at them because yeah. I know exactly and I know they're right usually. So,
1: right. Yeah crazy. So taking over so you get into the insurance game or into the agent game and how was that journey over the last oh, 5 years? It's it's been a little
2: crazy. Yeah, learning learning some of this agent stuff, you know, claims and and uh, what we do alliance and all this. It's completely opposite. Like they don't use anything. I didn't even know what a policy number was as an adjuster. I mean, okay, I knew what it was technically, but you they don't even right. deal with policy numbers. It's like somebody calls and gives me a policy number. I'm like, that's, that's nothing like, give me your claim right. number. I cannot search this at all. <laughs> and so to come here and then it's the exact opposite of that. Right. If somebody gives you a claim number, what are you going to do with it now? Right? right. It's nothing, you know? So, um, but it's been, it's been a challenge. I remember that first week was, was a nightmare. I had no idea what I was doing at all. And it, that definitely lasted more than a week, but the first week was <laughs> yeah. really bad. And, uh, and then just kind of slowly going from being clueless to starting to get a grasp of it to now being pretty, having a pretty good grasp, not totally, but
0: <laughs> did sort
1: you, of understanding did, so it. You bought that agency in Arizona? Did you sell it?
2: Yeah, I sold it two years later. Yep. Oh, cool. And yeah, then you yeah. came over here? And then I came here to, to uh, my parents have bigger uh, agencies. So even just running theirs was more profitable than owning my own in Arizona.
1: Oh, cool. So, That's awesome. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so then I was running two offices, about 15 employees. So I went from having one employee who was awesome and I could kind of just trust him, he just kind of ran the show to now having 15 in two different yeah. locations. That was a big that was that was a huge change.
0: Yeah, how different was yeah. that?
2: Oh, it's like a different job. I mean, completely yeah. different job. Cuz you know, when I had one employee, I was answering the phone half the time, you know, doing half the service work. Now you got 15 employees, I'm not doing any of the work and Can't. just trying to keep up with you know, I mean, one thing I can teach a lot of agents about, I feel like from knowing the wrong way to do things is culture issues. You know, we had a mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of culture problems um, and learning how to get through those was, was challenging. It, really yeah. challenging. it took a long so, time.
1: So. Did you have a couple you know, turnovers in staff completely or uh, what taught you? T- no. You know
2: honestly I wish we had that it was a slow trickle <laughs> which which is bad because what, what happened, right yeah because what happens is like the one cancer like has already infected that group and then when they're gone the people who come in learn about the cancer and the way things were with the cancer from everybody else who experienced it personally and then right. it can even happen to the third tier then the, some of those people even then they still have it So it's sometimes, you know, I first learned about agents who sometimes when they buy a book, they go in and day one, they they just get rid of everybody. And at first, I didn't understand that at all. And now I do. Because that what how it used to be is can be so damaging, especially in a long term agency that knows about the 80s, you know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> from like from a human standpoint, it's tough to make that decision and do it, but I can also understand yep. yes, and respect exactly. it because from yep. a business standpoint, mm-hmm. like starting fresh is there's there's no better way because as I've had that scenario play out so many times,
1: mm-hmm. one person
0: yeah. was terrible. They poisoned everybody else or some of the other people. You get rid of him, but then now this person over here is thinking that way and you can't ah it's so hard to get them back yeah it's, it just it, they're yeah. gone it's just yeah, like it's hiring
1: half. it's like hiring somebody that's been in the industry for 10 years mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah. yeah
0: yeah they're gonna yeah. do it your way or they're gonna do it their way
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. oh they're gonna do it their way or they're gonna do it their way
2: okay. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 but it's not in my nature to be that type of person and that that harmed me like i can very clearly look back and reflect and say caring about people too much mm. um, was damaging to the business. So you kinda, you have to be able to put that business hat on and say, I gotta do what the right thing is for the business and not just what what feels good or what feels right.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Because yeah. you gotta look at the agency as a whole. It's like a, its, it's mm-hmm. own entity. It's so it's, it's gonna thing, ha- yeah. hurt everybody. You got to get rid of the person that is causing the pain for multiple people. And here's the other thing is that person that's causing all that pain probably doesn't care much about the business or the people in it because they wouldn't be acting like that. So you can care more for them than they actually care for themselves. And Mm -hmm. that's That's not good.
2: You're describing what happened. So you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah,
2: (laughs) absolutely. But
0: you know what? And I think that in our, in our world, you know, most of us are salespeople, right? And I think that there's something behind the need to be a salesperson. Like you want people to like you, so you're a nice guy. You get along mm-hmm. with prospects. You know, it's this whole, you're a nice guy, you know, a nice gal, whatever. And that's why you can sell, right? That That's part of the whole thing is you can connect. You can create rapport where, mm. and, and so then with your staff, you're you're a nice guy and you're a salesperson. So you can sometimes, even with the cancer, you can still kind of, You know, ah, maybe I won't. Maybe, maybe I'm I'm making the wrong call right now, you know. And you go back to that nice guy attitude when you need to be business. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a time when, and especially when there's 15 of them, you know, when you scale, holy moly, Mm -hmm. cancer just it grows exponentially.
2: And the other thing we learned too is the the fear that you have of if you lose the cancer and what you're going to lose, especially I'm sure a lot of the older agents think of oh, the older clients who like that person, that fear is always overblown. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't believe, even yeah. I thought it was going to be at least a little bad, and it wasn't. It just wasn't. <laughs> yeah, so it was easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just wasn't that big of a deal. And so that's your whole reason for holding on to a cancer. That's, that's another reason you're wrong to not do it.
0: Excuses yeah yep. come up with a million excuses why we don't want to do the one thing that is going to be painful which is telling them to leave when they're actually going to expect it anyway because they're acting like a jackass
2: mm-hmm
0: yeah i mean yep. you know i mean they you tell them every time i've had that conversation you sit down and they're like oh, okay i get it and you're like yeah i was sitting there couldn't sleep the night before <laughs> you know at the beginning now it's pretty you know it's a lot easier yeah. 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 I think it gets easier. Yeah, definitely. Were your,
1: yeah. were your parents good mentors to you um, for your age? I mean, uh, obviously it's going to be harder with parents, right? Like even yeah. my mom was a personal trainer and it's like, I never listened to her for a personal training. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? I'll listen to other yeah. people, but it's exactly. just that mental block with parents. So who were some yeah. mentors with you? Well,
2: my parents were great mentors in a lot of ways and it probably is relevant to what's going on now in that uh, one of the ways my parents got so big was being smart during the last time the company made major changes and a lot of agents freaked out. They jumped in and bought up a bunch of agencies when everybody was freaking out and trying to get out. So that ended up being an amazing decision and Mm -hmm. that's why we got big agencies now. Um, that doesn't always mean that history is going to repeat itself, but theoretically, it's good to to keep that in mind, right? So in that sense, it's been super valuable to see, you know, what can happen when you be positive and try to um, go with the flow and, and make smart business decisions, especially with acquiring when that makes sense. Because even then, they let him acquire uh, a bunch of agencies and put them all in one office. So I only have one location um, when technically it's oh. like seven or eight agencies in one yeah so i hope they do that again although i'm not sure if they will yeah maybe never know
1: that's cool man so so when when it when a change comes and everybody's freaking out you're kind of laughing right
2: yeah well sort of i mean you know it's not always the say i'm not always laughing but sometimes i mean the back of my head is yeah how to find the positive in it right i mean you could easily dwell on the negative or you could say okay yeah maybe there is negative but maybe there's positive as well, so can I put that energy toward the positive that's what I'm yeah' there, there, there,
0: to... there is typically going to be a positive and a negative exactly almost, almost everything there version. is yeah yeah, yeah, exactly yeah and it's easy yeah. to focus on the negative, and it's easy to listen to the to the negative Nancys that are out there or negative Nates. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Just being gender correct. <laughs> but
1: yeah, but that's it. And your parents did, uh, they did listen, uh, like they did lean into the negativity and they use that as a positivity, right? Mm-hmm. They use that as the leverage to find how to get them to the next level. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, I think that when, when, there are, when there's a pr- problem is when a solution is needed. And um, there's a lot of opportunity. There's always opportunity in problems.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You hear a lot about how some of the richest guys, they, they're excited for the next crash, right? Because yeah. a crash is a problem, but there's opportunities in it. Right? Yep. So you gotta find those. And they can see well, bigger opportunities than normal.
0: In any crash yes. or any any, you know, sell off, right? Which is what may be happening uh in, in some companies, is if, if there's a sell off, then it drives prices down. If prices are low, then I mean, when do you you know, what's the what does Warren Buffett say? Right buy low, So there is a tremendous amount of opportunity that seems to be on the horizon. Yeah. And for a lot of the people with, with books,
2: with loans like me, um, I'm, you know, Ray Dalio has been in the news a lot lately and he talked about how he spent so much money during the 08 crash. And his answer was either it's going to get better and I'm going to make a ton of money or the whole world is going to collapse anyway. So what difference does it make? And it's kind of like, if you already have a loan on your book, I mean, who cares if it's bigger, if you're (laughs) going to file for bankruptcy anyway, then what difference does it make? go all in
1: yeah. that's true yeah, so. yeah that's kind of like when we talked to jay atkins it was the same kind of kind of thing he's he's a very all-in type guy mm-hmm. and you see any of these yeah. big agents you know I, I anybody that's successful they're all all in you know they're nobody's yeah. just dabbling no one's like oh this kind of sucks like nobody yeah nobody's super successful on that line but yeah just, yeah exactly. Like,
0: Calculate your risk and, and make a decision.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah.
0: Indecision can be
2: just super costly. Yep. Yeah. 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 And I've seen that too.
0: So, yeah. yeah. Our, our guest that we, we talked to before you um, was, was talking a lot about that kind of stuff, you know, like leaving your job to, to become an entrepreneur and, and the things that he would hear because he coaches, he helps people with that kind of thing. And, you know, it's, it's constantly, well, I'm going to, I'll, I'll do that when I'm ready or I'll do that in five years. I'll do that in 10 mm-hmm. years, or, but it's, yeah. And oh, it never happens. Never, no, it's never. No. Happen.
1: Absolutely. It's today. Absolutely. Yep. It's today. Yep. Yep. Hey, you've got to check out the insurance dudes, inner circle coming soon, where you get extended interviews as well as live coffee talks in our private Facebook group. Join the mailing list today at the insurance Hey, thanks for checking out the insurance dudes. Hey, please subscribe. We got some really great stuff coming out.